Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today I'm excited to talk to Zoe Clues. Hi Richard, great to be here. Thank you. Zoe is a hypnotherapist, PTSD, anxiety and depression specialist and founder of Zoe Clues and Associates with a clinic just around the corner from me in yeah, Harley neighbors. Street, London, Marlebone. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Beautiful area, right? It's gorgeous. I love working there. So, how are you, firstly? How am I? <laughs> how oh, great. Are you? <laughs> it's great to be here. No, I'm really good, actually. Good. That's what we want here. And um, tell me, this is one thing I'm asking different people, mm-hmm. three things that make you smile. Three things that make me smile. They've got to be legal, right? Yeah, yeah. legal, hopefully. <laughs> you can do the other ones, but, yeah, but... that's not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> Okay, three things that make me smile. Okay, so the first things that come to mind. So this is going to sound really, it's a really simple thing, but knowing that the alarm isn't going to go off the next day. So on a Friday night, and I know that the alarm isn't going off, I haven't got to get up and do anything, and I can just have a bit of a teenage, like a lion, like a teenage boy would, you know? That's good after working really hard all week. That feels really good to me. Um, It is a treat, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And... um, what else do I like? I, you know, my favourite sound actually is the sound of a Prosecco bottle popping. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, I just think there's something about the sound. It always reminds me of summer. It always puts me in a good mood whenever I hear it. I'd like to say champagne, but it's more Prosecco budget. Um, and what else makes me smile? Um, I think that what's really beautiful is if I get a bit of feedback from a client. So if someone's really struggled with an issue, it could be a phobia, it could be a relationship breakup, they've been really obsessive thinking about someone, it could be moving on from a divorce, it could be um, something in childhood, having some sort of specific trauma, anxiety or depression, that's how it's manifested and I get a lovely email or a text-cited WhatsApp or a text just to let me know that they're feeling a lot better and they felt relief, that always makes me smile. Yeah, that's an amazing feeling. I think it's the mm. same with me when um, someone either overcomes dental phobia and they're, yes. they're, they're managing to have treatment done um always we're trying to be the most gentle we can possibly be and and turn that around and make the dentist a positive thing and the other thing is we are doing smile work so making people smile and i always say we try and make them smile not just through the dental work but also to make them have a smile and feel good you know yeah that's beautiful i think it's really really important and because it makes such a difference because i've seen people when they've had good dental work and then suddenly their confidence just can go through the roof they look exactly. much better looking people in the eye they can smile at people it makes the world of difference yeah interestingly enough we do often see people um after breakups talking about reduced relationships because um sometimes it's where people want to kind of rebuild themselves and yeah. they want to do something for themselves you know i find that often it can be um after a relationship breakup or also sometimes another one is um uh, for like a mum who's always given everything to their kids yes. and then the kids have left home and finally they can do something for themselves. Yeah, and it's really important because it's self-care, isn't it? And it's it a way is. of supporting yourself to feel as good as possible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. it's beautiful. What I was going to say about how we know each other through mm-hmm. Colette Cooper, obviously. Colette Cooper, <laughs> yes. Who's an amazing jazz singer and someone we've both known for a while. Yes. 
And I wanted to ask you about your work. So what what is the nature of your work? Obviously, you said you've got a clinic near near me. Yes. So, yeah, just quickly, the wonderful Colette Cooper. So I've known Colette Cooper for years, like a big, wonderful, benevolent, generous soul. She's she's such a great character. She's amazing. And she always connects me to great people. So, um, yes, my work. So I've been a hypnotherapist for 19 years. I never thought, oh, I'm going to be a hypnotherapist when I grow up. I didn't even, I don't think I even knew what it was. And I was in my early 20s and I thought I've got to I was working in the music industry I mm. wasn't working very hard I was taking long lunches <laughs> nice. up having a great time I wasn't working very hard I thought I've got to do something else I've got to use my brain didn't know what it was I did lots of different courses and hypnotherapy was the one that really gripped me by the throat I mm. thought this is fantastic but I still mm. didn't think I was going to do it as a career and then things lined certain things lined up and um, I ended up starting uh, just I started, I started tra- I trained then I sort of started seeing a few clients and I built it up and it just felt like um, such a natural thing for me to be doing. I was amazed at what hypnosis can do. It's a master tool, so you can use it for so many things. So I was um, working by myself for many years, which is great. I had a busy practice on Harley Street. And I noticed, you know, you can you can work with so many things. You can work with body dysmorphia disorder. You can work with eating disorders. You can work with anxiety, depression, phobias, addiction, um, sleep problems. I mean, the list is the list is huge. And the things that I noticed that I really loved working with were trauma, PTSD, complex PTSD, anxiety, and depression. For me, they were the the clients that I got the most satisfaction working with because the change is so can be so yeah. remarkable, really. Mm-hmm. So people can be in a really broken, collapsed place because of their mental and emotional state, or because of things that they've gone through. Um, and just seeing and witnessing that recovery I found really, really beautiful. But then, of course, I was still getting a lot of clients for things like phobias, nail-biting, habits, all the other stuff. And what I thought would be really interesting is if I added more people to the team. So as the company stands now, it's myself. We've got a team of 10. Wow. So I specialise in those things, anxiety, depression, PTSD, complex PTSD, self-esteem. Um, but then I've got other therapists and coaches on the team too. So I've got two sex coaches who are amazing. One of them is a love relationship and sexuality coach. She works with singles. And then I've got another coach who works with couples. I've also got an addiction specialist. Um, another hypnotherapist is fantastic. He works with relationships. He also works with couples too. Sleep, creativity. I've got a really good phobia specialist. I've got a baby sleep specialist. So what I wanted to do was create a team that's like a one-stop shop for all emotional and psychological issues. So whatever you're struggling with, whether your baby won't go to sleep or you've got... Your child won't eat a certain food or the, the, the child is anxious and they don't want to go to school and they or they keep bedwetting, something like that. Or you're in a couple, you're at each other's throats, which is obviously that's what happened a lot in lockdown, right? It was yeah. a bit of a pressure cooker. We've got some childhood trauma that keeps manifesting in the present day as anxiety, depression, relationship problems, addiction problems. I wanted to have a, a really solid team that... We, in a way, we all niched in our area, but you can you can come to us, and I can direct you to the right person. So, wow, that's that sounds what we really do. brilliant. That Thank sounds you. really brilliant. Thank it's you. interesting because I also uh, the same have a team, and I started just on my own. Yes. Um, and then built a team. Uh, obviously, ours is a dental team, so we will as well have our niches of different things. Um like uh, dental implants or makeovers or invisible braces and things like that. So we have Amazing. a similar like way to to wisdom teeth and a way to kind of send people around, gum gum specialists as well. So, yeah, um, it's a similar idea. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And then people feel safe 
yeah, you know, yeah. they know where to go. They know that that person specialises in that, and you know it's a it's a place a safe place for them to be and feel really looked after. Exactly, and it's interesting as well what you said about um, it's almost like you didn't choose the profession, but it shows you. You know that how was they so say my experience. that. Yeah. It was so my experience. So I think I was working in the music industry, and I. I was always working for really difficult characters when I look back on it. And I think it's probably always meant to work for myself. I think a lot of entrepreneurs say that, yeah. don't they? You yeah. know, I was I can agree. Yeah, I was I was really I was never very good at working for other people, but I was, you know, and it's funny, I remember somebody saying to me, You're the you're the least ambitious person I've ever met. And it really it really made that that statement true that, you know, it's not that people are lazy, it's that they're either uninspired or they're scared. Yeah. I don't think we're lazy. I think no. just we need to be inspired. And um, as soon as I started working for myself, I was really driven. Great, great, great. Yeah. You're more, you've got that passion. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, kind of talk to me more about your life and, you know, growing up and what things you've experienced in your life that might have helped to lead you here and how you use those to help other people. Yeah, so it was my my life was interesting. I grew up with um in terms of the background and how it led me to do what I'm doing now. So I grew up in with my parents are scousers and they're both artists. So it was very creative my background. Um but it was really difficult, you know, they'd had a really difficult life. Um and they came together and there was no money. So we you know we grew up in it it was kind of sort of chronic poverty in a way. When I look back at the conditions in which I grew up and then there was a lot of struggles there was a lot of arguing it wasn't sort of a happy home if you like and I think that's probably what drove me to want to help people you know I was always introduced to things like a lot of really wonderful creative things and a lot of books on psychology and stuff like that um but through my own struggles you know and I think you know most therapists if you look at their background is you know there's you you go on that journey because there's a desire to resolve those issues for yourself. Yeah. And then as you start to resolve those issues for yourself and as you start to see the amazing changes that you can make within your own behaviour, because a lot of the time you can just think, oh, this is just my personality. These are just, we have these limitations. Oh, that just doesn't work out for me. Or relationships just don't work. Or I'm just not successful. That's who I am. And we can feel like we're unlucky. But actually it's down to the negative beliefs that we've come to about ourselves as a result of experiencing trauma, adverse experiences, experiences, childhood difficulty, perhaps not certain needs not getting met when we were younger because we grew up in a house full of trauma and drama and chaos. So as I started to really work on myself and start to change my own beliefs about myself, then of course, as you change things internally, start, things start to change externally. And then of course, I became really passionate about that. And I thought, well, if I can do this, then I can help someone else do it and I can guide people that way. So it's, it's very much a lived experience. Yeah. And you know, my childhood was crazy and then thought I was quite crazy, to be honest, because, you know, you're just responding to what you grew up in. I was kicked out of school. I was like the classic rebel without a cause. I was a pretty wild party girl for ages. And I did that for a certain period of time. And then I thought, well, this is, I can't just carry on like this. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, I'm going to end up in some right old snake bit. So I, I did a bit of a, I reinvented myself, really, because when I first became a hypnotherapist, I was only 26, which is kind of young to do it now, I think. Um, but it sort of found me, yeah, you know, it was almost like an intervention. Um, it found me and then it gripped me so hard that I just went with it. But loads of people were really surprised. They Mm. were like, what, you? Where did it come from? Yeah. And you know, you're the, but you're this party girl. Why would I go to you with your problems? And they kind of had a point, but 
there'd always been this other side to me that perhaps I hadn't shown, you know. So it was it was interesting, and but it did. It found me, and I'm I'm really glad it did. Of course, of course. Yeah. And I think it's interesting what you say about lived experience, and mm-hmm. you know, I'm I find that as well. Um, things that you've lived through, and that makes you stronger and yes. you can kind of take them and reframe things yes. you know um, it's like I, I came out with a very long breakup which was 14 years we had met at university uh-huh. um, from the age of 21 and it was one of the most hard and painful mm. things I went through yes and it, I, I um, then after that it it was for me it was very difficult because I was always someone who believed that you know, these things are for the long term, obviously. Yes. Um, but then I was able to see that that's actually like a chapter in your life. Yeah. And, you know, I don't regret that chapter. Yeah. But this is a new chapter for me. Yeah. And then that was kind of a way of reframing it and helping me to kind of process this idea. Yeah. You know, and obviously a lot of people have been through breakups. So. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really important because the thing is, it is, you know, we grow through what we go through. Right. But it can feel it really does feel like I always think with breakups it's um, the negative inner critic gets really strong and we can think, you know, this is the only person for us and that we're never going to be in love again and that that's the kind of the end of our lives as we know it, if you like. And um, we, we can tell ourselves a really unhelpful story, like I'm going to be on my own forever, you know, all sorts mm. of things. Mm. And actually, if we give it some time and some healing and some processing, like you said, it's, it is a whole new chapter and it is all about how you frame it. But you can't reframe it right there in the moment. It takes some time, it does, doesn't it? it? Does. You know, your friends can see it, can't they? They're of like, course, you're going to be all right. Course. It was meant to be. But you're not there. You're just, no. you know, right poleaxed in the exactly. middle of the pain. Yeah. And you can't really tell someone who's just freshly come out anything other than, as you said, you can get through it, but you need to give them that time to process it. And different people mm-hmm. process it at different speeds, obviously, and people can deal with it. But I remember also thinking um, that I built my world around the, that person. Yeah. And then once I was gone, I was like, there is no world left. Yes, right? that's the, that's the so, thing, is, you know, and it, it can be... Well, I guess you, you, we look back and we think we learn, don't we? You know, mm-hmm. what's it, uh, 2020 hindsight of... Um, 2020 vision, sorry, of hindsight, we look back and we think, well, I wouldn't do that again. Because we're always getting new lessons, aren't we? You definitely. know, it's kind of like... And the other thing I think happens is that life will give you the same lesson until you learn it. So, and I say you come out of one relationship and you've done that, you've you know you've made them your world, and you just rather than feel the pain of the breakup, you go straight into another relationship. I always call it putting back in the post, <laughs> of and then you do it again, and then when you break that one breaks up, and then so life gives you the same lesson until you learn it. But then you know when you learn that lesson, I've had that. So I, I you know, sometimes you learn lessons quickly, and sometimes life's like you you haven't got that lesson. We're going to give it you again. We're going to give it you really hard this time, oh, and then you right. finally learn that one, and then you get a different lesson on something else. It's always ongoing. You know, it's really interesting how it works. It is. It is, and that that makes me think. Um, I was always drawn to because um, I'm the eldest of eight children, so oh, I've always wow. been a very strong person. You're the eldest. Oh, yeah, You're no, the boss. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think people can either take that role or they're don't yeah for me that was a role that I was really uh, embraced and then um, I always chose someone who was very vulnerable Uh, and needed a lot yes attention yeah and then in the end um, I thought actually that 
in next time around going forward I'm not doing this yeah again. yeah <laughs> yeah know. exactly it's interesting what we choose isn't it and it's so unconscious of course it's so unconscious you know I wrote a blog called um, can we stop going out of our mum or dad already because we can end up going out with versions especially if there's been real wounding in that area we can get, end up going out with versions of our mum or dad and if they haven't been great we end up going with that, the same person you know or yeah. going out with our ex with a wig on you know yeah, we yeah, can do yeah, that yeah. as well or maybe even same. recreating that situation that you've seen growing up and you think oh that's the dynamics of a relationship let me make this yes yes and it's unconscious you know we 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 kind of seek the teeth of bitters really so we go we we recreate it even if that isn't comfortable exactly yeah exactly so it's it's about it is it's really fascinating and obviously it's about also then coming to know yourself yes and and being okay with my yourself or myself which i found that i found very difficult it was like oh i actually have to be on my own and learn <laughs> yeah. about myself. <laughs> I know. Like while you're concentrating on someone else, you actually don't have to think about yeah. that. So, yeah. So that's part of the the growth as well. Huge, huge. Know. And it's you know I always say you know learning to love yourself is gonna it's a lifelong process. It's not just like you suddenly click into I now love myself. You know because you're on and off days, right? And sometimes um, you know, learning to love yourself is kind of you yeah, learning to learning to be on your own. You know for a mm. period, not forever. It's not normal to be on forever, but it's learning to be on your own and. Learning to like your own company and be kind to yourself, and then you can go into a much better relationship. I think definitely, you know. Definitely. So um, it was interesting because people said, "Oh, you know, um, you'll need to be single for a while," and I was, and I didn't really yes. want to be. But no, we don't. It, it really yeah. did help. It yeah. really did help. You get to you know get yourself, to know and then you get to know, and you make a better choice because again, it's that thing, you know. And I remember I was terrible at this when I was younger. I broke up with someone, and I just go out with someone straight away to make myself feel better. Exactly. But then you just put it back in the post, of and then at some but point, but you've never dealt went, with that exactly centre of the yeah. of everything. Yeah. yeah, and then you also you drag all the unresolved issues from that last relationship into the, next into one. the new one. They go here, you go. <laughs> exactly. You deal with that. <laughs> exactly, and that gets messy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> So, yeah, let's talk about also how to build self-confidence and self-esteem because mm-hmm. this is part of, obviously, post-breakup, but also part of general um, well-being and yes. life. So um, I know it's one interest of yours. So what what do you think about that and how can people do that and how can it help them going forward? Well, I think it's interesting. I always think about self-esteem as in terms of, I think we're born, I'm going to sort of start at the beginning really here. So I think we're born feeling okay, you know, if you like, not that we know how we feel, we're, but we're born feeling okay. And then, you know, we need to get our sense of self, if you like, reflected back to us. So from our caregivers, like mum and dad or whoever's looking after us from the time. And if mum and dad are present, if they're emotionally available, if they're, you know, it might just be mum or it might just be dad. Um, but we need sort of good enough nurturing love um, mirroring it's called psychologically so we need we get our sense of self as a little baby as a child from that parent or that caregiver reflecting back to us the message that you're okay you know now a lot of the time that's interrupted so i don't know mum and dad's relationship might be difficult um someone might be ensnared in addiction um you know perhaps there's a lot of conflict a lot of tension perhaps there's a lot of trauma so what happens because of that we get separated from our sense of self and all these difficult things that happen and trauma doesn't have to be you know the very obvious things around abuse that kind of thing it can be that um perhaps mum or dad just weren't particularly loving weren't good at showing love they were just because their own stuff that's gone on so what happens is it's like we almost separate from our true nature and then we start to believe that the the lack of love or nurturing or the bad things that happened to us when we were small or difficult things that happened 
mean that's who we are. So I work a lot with trauma and obviously trauma, you know, anyone's gone through trauma will have self-esteem issues that, you know, they, they go hand in hand. And we start to think that the things that happen to us are who we are. That's the biggest, you know, because we're a child, we don't realise. So then we start to become, it almost, part of us breaks off and it almost becomes like the collapsed self. So we start to believe I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy, I'm defective, there's something wrong with me. And then we create some really unhelpful mental habits that a lot of people who struggle with self-esteem will have. So we compare and despair, you know, we look at other people, we tell ourselves we're not good enough. So then from there we think, you know, I don't want to feel like this. So we um, we try and create a better life. Do you see what I mean? So we might think, well, I'm going to get really fit or I'm going to get the boyfriend, I'm going to get the girlfriend, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do all these things to make myself feel better. But if you've got these kind of underlying um, beliefs about yourself, such as I'm not good enough, I'm defective, you know, we can add all this, that, the other. You know, that's where imposter syndrome comes in, right? We can get all the baubles, we can get the car, the man, the woman, the house, the job, the, the, the fame... But we've still got these really old unconscious beliefs sitting there saying it's still not good enough. And then people respond to the external. They're like, oh, aren't you doing well? I want you gorgeous. I want you this. But we're inside, you know, we can feel like that. We've got self-esteem issues. So the work is always to look at, you know, what's going on underneath. You know, that's what I would say at a deep level. That's how you work with it. What did you start to believe about yourself? Because a lot of the beliefs we have about ourselves, we came to when we were like five. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So mummy and daddy break up and we think, oh, I'm a bad girl, it's my fault, you know. Mm. And then it sits there and half the time clients come in and they're talking about self-esteem and then I said, it's linked to this. And they say, but what's it going to do that? That was like 30, 40 years ago. And I said, there's no time in the subconscious. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that much yeah. before. It's the truest thing about exactly. the subconscious. It's such a different animal to the conscious mind. So yeah, with self-esteem, you've got to look at the beliefs that drive underneath it. That's on a deeper level course on a kind of conscious level in terms of how you're taking care of yourself on a daily basis it's about having good boundaries it's about really understanding what's your full body yes what's your full body no you know looking at sometimes self-esteem and people pleasing go hand in hand I've had to really work on people pleasing I still do actually but you know if you feel like something's a no and you say yes then you're going to feel resentful if you do it and then you're undermining you're abandoning yourself on a daily basis of course um and it's all about self-care isn't it? it's about looking after yourself in all those ways and we can do lots of really wonderful things like you talked about amazing you know transforming someone's smile to build your self-esteem mm. um but it's such a broad broad oh, broad church isn't it yeah. look after your health look after your boundaries you know look after your sleep your nutrition um be kind yourself look at how you talk to yourself mm-hmm. because half the time we talk to ourselves in a way we'd never talk to someone we didn't even like let alone yeah like the inner dialogue oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's job. interesting um, <laughs> those things because um my childhood as well was very interesting childhood my yes. my um, father is now on his fourth uh, partner, okay. <laughs> three ex-wives, <laughs> yes. so you know, um, it was an interesting family history. Yes, but one thing that um, my father did, which is really good, yeah. and, and I think made a big difference in my life, he would always say, "Oh, I love you very much, oh, that's so my good. son," and um, you Easy. can do anything you want to do. Oh, that's amazing! So. What, an, what a wonderful message and a gift, really. Yeah, because it took that through my life, you know, and I think one of the reasons that. You know, I've been able to do things that I have done is because I had that confidence to believe. Yeah. So I do think it's important that if you can, you know, if you do have children to do that and also, you know, even with your friends and your partner to say, you know, you're special, you're amazing. And I really think of you in this high way. Yes. And you can do anything you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we need others champion us and we need to champion ourselves and we need to champion others. 
Yeah, exactly. Way, you know, exactly. and it, it, there's so many people don't get when they're growing up. And there's loads of really good things that came from my childhood, like tenacity and creativity and all of those things. And it was, um, you know, my dad very much brought me up to, um, yeah, he would just, like, me and my sister, he would like take us out into the woods and we'd do all these wonderful things. So it was, you know, a really exciting time as well. There was a lot of sort of freedom, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to talk about also vulnerability and how mm. that can be a strength because that's again something that I had initially kind of struggled with, always thinking to be always strong. Yeah. And I, did I that. exactly <laughs> and I always thought to show any sign of a chink in that armour was mm. actually such a weakness that I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. But later on I realised that actually you know, to cry or to show vulnerability makes you the most real and connects yeah. you with people and also it's a strength. Yeah, it is. And it's kind of vulnerability is such a good topic. It's such an interesting topic because, yeah, I mean, the same, I grew up and I was like, right, I'm just going to be a tough cookie. And, and I was going to, but then you can't get close to people. Exactly. You know, That's because, you true. know, vulnerability is, um, you know, real relationships, you know, close relationships and relationships that are going to evolve and going to grow both require vulnerability. I wrote a post on this the other day, actually, so I'm just thinking about it. But, you know, I think with vulnerability, so if you say to somebody, oh, I'm free, you know, if you express some vulnerability and they shut your vulnerability down, it shows you that they're so, um, in a way, committed to winning and not feeling their own perceived vulnerability. That mm. You haven't really lost anything. Do you see what I mean? A good relationship is when you're allowed to be, you can be vulnerable and that other person can hear you and can share their vulnerability too. That's what makes all good relationships, partnerships, relationships in family, and being able to hear each other. And we can all do this thing of being a bit of a hard ass, you know, and just toughing things out. And sometimes we need to do that. We need to power on through to get through life. But you can't have intimacy without vulnerability. Yes. It's just not possible. Point. Exactly. And that mm. leads us on to talking about love and dating and you know and um, sometimes in the city people find it difficult obviously and um, working urban environments everyone's so career focused and yes they are you know and maybe we're taught very much now to you know do everything for yourself you can do this for yourself that for yourself but then maybe we forget um how to put someone else into that equation you know and as you said kind of allowing yourself to be vulnerable and valuing someone else um and not necessarily being this is how I am, I'm not going to change for anyone. Yeah. And more being open to to adapt and to grow together. Exactly, and this is the thing. People want things to change. They don't always want to change. Mm. You know, because obviously I've done a lot of work on myself, so I, because, um, you know, you have to, you're working with clients and also wanted to. But I remember, you know, being, you know, having therapy myself and realising, oh, my God, I've got to change. Mm. I've actually got to change, you yes. know. And in good, in relationships, you know, there is, there's got to be a willingness, hasn't there? Yeah. To change, and you can have a life when you're, you know, everything, you know, everything is great. You're hitting all the notes, you know, the career's great. You're really busy. You go to the gym. You've got friends. You've got lunch. Da, 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 da. But you do need space yeah. if you want to have a relationship. And a lot of time, you know, we can get really stuck in. All of us can get stuck in really masculine energy, which is like do 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 do. But then there's no softness, and you need that soft, mm -hmm. softness and that space for a relationship to develop and obviously you're not going to be vulnerable with someone straight away you need to feel into whether that person is safe to be vulnerable with and that's a that's a process but we also live in a time when everything is so quick so our attention spans are so short and we're all dopamine addicts aren't we you know the phone is you know and it's like i think things like online dating it's just kind of um 
everything happened so quickly. Of course, of you course. Know? And that's, as, as you said, like people are moving so quickly, they don't have a chance to necessarily be able to support each other. Those those are important points in those in in a modern life. And yeah, and it's and I think you know for people you know looking for a relationship, I think there's a there's a few there's a few things we can do ourselves a disservice. We can sort of make out like we're uh, we don't really want a relationship. I don't need anyone. But if you really want a relationship, I think it's really important to sort of stake that claim with the universe and just go. You know what? I really want to be in a relationship. And then also. Sometimes, you know, our type isn't really our type. So if your type is like the bad boy, you know, you've got to look at how that's worked out for you all those times and think maybe I need to change who I'm attracted to. And that might feel really uncomfortable. You know, we've got to be prepared to change and go, okay, well, if I want a committed relationship where someone's going to show up honestly and authentically and we have to connect heart to heart then I'm going to have to choose a different type of person exactly. rather than it might, they might not be as exciting, you know, and kind of, you know, um, swinging from the chandeliers as the old type. But so there's, there's you know, you're, you're changing, That's you want true. something more mature. Exactly. It's like not falling into the same pattern, repeating the same mistake, yes. which is so easy to do. Completely. So I treat something called, um, psychological term called repetition compulsion. And it's when you can use it in terms of relationships. So it's when you keep going out with the same type in a, in a sort of unconscious attempt to resolve your trauma so say you grew up in a house which was really high octane trauma drama um, mum and dad was arguing all the time Max dad was unavailable he was exciting when he was there then you know as a you know young girl you were kind of programmed for that or young boy and then you can go towards those kind of relationships again and again and you know they'll be like high sexual attraction a lot of energy a lot of intensity intensity high intensity is often unavailable emotional unavailability and then you can be sort of go towards those people like a heat-seeking missile and then it can be amazing first of all and then it can crash really really hard and i see a lot of that and then you have these cycles of these relationships and then you're going out with that same you're recreating your own sort of trauma drama yeah that's called repetition compulsion that can be yeah. a tricky one to change but it can change exactly and and the other thing i think is important part of what you've kind of said in those and in these things is you can change yourself but you can keep your core still so you can mm. grow yeah but being worried about change you mm. can still keep who you are absolutely but you can grow as a person at the same time yeah because in a way what you're doing is when you change you're actually reconnecting to your true nature mm. which is actually you actually become more of who you are yeah because exactly. when we change a lot of time what we're actually doing especially in therapies we're letting go of the defenses mm. and it's the defenses we got to love the defenses the defenses kept us safe but those defenses become really unhelpful mm. right so let's go back to that kind of tough exterior thing so maybe as a kid things were really hard you can get your needs met it was really painful so you create a tough exterior now that was great because it helped you survive a very difficult environment growing up but if you continue taking that out into the world then no one can come in exactly so that the change when therapy therefore would be okay so we've got to take begin taking that some of those defenses down slowly in a way that feels safe so then you can allow yourself to fall in love to be loved to receive yeah you know? exactly so that's exactly. so really when we say we change we're actually returning to who we really are yeah and letting those defense mechanisms down yeah exactly so I wanted to talk about kind of holistic healthcare and how everything ties together. Yes. Obviously, uh, medicine, dentistry, mental health, yes. um, you know, body, mind, soul, and and those kind of things. So and um, and wellness and well-being is a concept which people are really interested in now, yes. but which is also very important. 
Yeah. And things have changed so much, haven't they? If I think about the 90s and how things were, how things are now, and how, how um, I got this. They were still good, the 90s. Yeah, no, the 90s are great, just in a different way. It's just kind of, you know, and I've got this lovely, my practice manager, she's only 20, she's uh, she's with me now, but she's so she's so sort of healthy. And I think of myself at 20, I was really not I like know. that. Oh, gosh. It's just changed. It's just changed so much. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's all, this is the thing, I think things used to get sort of treated sort of separately, you know, and now everyone is interested in all of these things are important and they're all interlinked aren't they so you know let's talk about it you know let's go back to self-esteem so if you've got good self-esteem got good self-worth you're going to take care of yourself well so you're going to want to like make sure you go to the dentist for your regular checkups make sure your gum health is good you're going to want to set good boundaries you're going to want to be in a good relationship you're going to recognize when someone's good for you you want to take care of your body because you think it's, you know, it's it, it's carrying you through life. You know, you don't want to just kind of be shut off from it or, or treat it badly. So it's, it's all interlinked. It's all about self-love and self-care, isn't it? And if you look at, let's talk, talk, I'll talk about trauma again because I work with this so much, but so often when people have gone through trauma, it's no fault of their own. They find it very difficult to take care of themselves. So that a lot of our work will be teaching people to self-care. So if looking after, okay, what are, you, what are you eating? How much fresh air are you getting? You're getting out in nature. You're going to doctor's appointments, dentist appointments. You're doing all these things because it's all a reflection, isn't it, of how you feel about yourself. Yeah, exactly. So it's so linked, and um, you know, a lot of a lot of the work with um, yeah, trauma recovery is like doing things to self care, and people often feel really resistant. It feels really indulgent. It feels really alien, and it's the same, you know, when we see people's physical health decline. You know, when they've been depressed for a long time, they don't want to get out of bed, they don't want to wash, they don't want to shower, they don't want to leave the house, all of those things. And as you start to recover and get well, that stuff starts to, to, to come back. They start to want to take pride in their appearance. So it's, it's all, all absolutely linked. Together. Together. Yeah, hugely. Yeah, yeah. Hugely. I remember someone saying, again, like, after my breakup, which is a very hard event, Yeah, you know, I didn't feel like getting up. I didn't feel like doing anything no. at all, eating anything yes when you can't eat yeah exactly someone said to me which is so true is you can try and do little things at a time and build yourself back up you know you can getting out of bed that might be a big step for you yeah just to do that one step yes and then next step you know you can do something else go out have a walk or run or whatever and then maybe you can meet one person in such a situation and maybe more people. And then it kind of rebuilds that slowly. But yeah. doing it all at once can be so overwhelming that you think I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's impossible, isn't it? And this is the thing, you don't have to reinvent the wheel, you know. And I talk about these four physiological defences that we all have. So everyone's heard of fight or flight. And then there's the, the hyper arousal. Then we have freeze and fawn. So, you know, when we've gone through a big shock such as heartbreak um, or we've been under chronic stress or any things we can get we can get sort of shunted if you like into one of these defenses so flight is when we get highly anxious we can't sleep we feel obsessive compulsive you know we're panic buying all of that sort of stuff then we've got the fight response when we get really angry so you know road rage arguments on social media all comes under that umbrella and then we've got freeze and freeze is when you I think it's one of the the most uh, polaxing kind of responses that we can get stuck in actually because it's hypo arousal so the nervous system sort of shuts not doesn't shut down but it got sort of drops and it's often when we've had a big shock like heartbreak so we go into this place and it's depression it's apathy it's like duvet days become duvet weeks 
it's like a numbing out, it's like I don't care anymore, it's like disassociation. So when we have big shocks of any kind, or when we've been under chronic stress for long enough, we will drop down into that freeze response, and we often can't eat when we're there as well. Mm, you know, and exactly. and I see a lot of people who've been in that response for a long, long time, so they've got depression, or they've just had a heartbreak and they just can't get out of it, you know, and they just feel like everything's pointless, or it's too many you know, rubbish things have happened, basically, or it's, a, you know, a childhood trauma response. And I always say to them, you know, just very incremental. If you do one thing, you know, if you get out of bed and brush your teeth, it's a win. Exactly. No, it's not a win compared to or someone else that's, you know, like living their best life on Insta, but it's a win for you. It doesn't matter. And each time you're building your recovery, and recovery is allowed to be really slow, whatever that's from illness, heartbreak, you know, anxiety, depression, anything is allowed to be really slow. In fact, the slower you allow it, allow it to be, the faster it is. It's, everything's a paradox, right? So, and also recovery is not a linear ascent. You'll have good days and you'll have bad days, but you'll get little chinks of light, little green shoots of recovery and what you're, you know, whatever you're recovering from. And it's the most important thing with all of this is to be super compassionate with yourself. Yeah, exactly. Be kind to yourself. Yeah. Be kind to yourself, you know, and as you talked about the internal dialogue and think yeah i did good you know i yeah. did this i did good yeah well done you can say it out loud to yourself say it, like, say it out loud to yourself no one's exactly. gonna hear you you know it's just exactly. kind of like so well done and yeah you will feel silly and you will feel like oh, God, i'm being a baby because i've managed to get out of bed today it doesn't matter no, no. you know and interesting well. what you said about um people living their best lives on insta and yeah. you know i met so many different people incredibly successful i'm sure similar to mm-hmm. you as well and Everyone has something going on <laughs> in their completely. life. Completely, it's you know, it's that what's the what's the saying? You know, don't don't compare your inside to someone's edited highlights. Exactly. You know, their show reel. And it wasn't until the, I started doing the job I did nineteen years ago. I was like, oh, everyone's got this. I'm not good enough stuff. But you know, it's different. It's just sliding course, scale. Different levels. But everyone's got a version of it. And no matter how they present, you know, we've all got the the mask, the facade. I'm not saying that's all false. You know, we've all got the the sort of what we show to the world and we've all got how we feel really inside you know and then underneath all of that is really our true self you know the goal I think with all with all work that I do is just getting back to someone being feeling really okay feeling comfortable in your own skin is the best goal yeah exactly and being okay with yourself yeah and then that allows you to be okay with other people <laughs> completely and it makes you much more accepting and compassionate and also the other thing as well if you give yourself permission to be yourself it automatically gives other people permission to be themselves too that are around you so they'll want to be around you so if you are allow yourself to be vulnerable if you allow if you're if you're authentic and you're just honest then people think oh okay it's they're doing it it's safe for me to do it as well like you said earlier so if you're vulnerable then someone else will be vulnerable as well yeah exactly and some people say to me oh you know I don't really like that person. And I said, sometimes they're just different. They have a yeah. different way of processing things. So yeah. not everybody can be instantly warm and yeah. they have another way of being. But it doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong. Yeah, That's just them and that's their experience of life and how they've built this. So yeah, if you can um, get to understand that, and often you find those people are amazing people. Yeah, exactly. Once you get to know them. Yeah, because then some people are instantaneous. They like they light up the room, exactly. they're instant exactly. and you're like, oh they're my type of person. And then other people you don't warm to, but over time you get to know them and they just needed some time. Exactly. And then you know what I notice with clients as well as so people can come in, they're very defensive or they can seem cold, but they're just nervous. They're scared. And they've got those barriers built up. Yeah, exactly. And once they know that they're safe then you know after a few sessions, we often find them we're having a laugh and as well as doing the good work. But it's, you know, 
I've really warmed them and they've really warmed me because they feel safe. Yeah, and they might be some of the best people of all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You they give, just give people a, a chance. Burn. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I want to talk about your future plans, what you see for yourself in the future and what are your dreams and ambitions obviously you've done some amazing things already oh thank you oh gosh it's all I'm so I'm so in the moment I mean I really want to build the business you know I'm I, I want to I want to expand on what we're doing I mean we're so busy and we're so client facing I really want to probably step back from seeing clients so much and you know I've got this amazing team I'd like to really add to that team I'd like to one of my favorite parts of my business is really promoting the great work that the guys do you know they're just they're just so fantastic I'd really like to write a book I've been wanting to write a book for years it's that kind of I've just got to sit down and just and crack you should it do out, it really you should Thank do it. You. I actually I've written a book myself but, oh, have but you? however really it's good. a fiction Book. Yeah. Oh, I know. I love fiction. I <laughs> yeah. love fiction. So I just grew up reading, 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 reading. So it's kind of, I love reading. I know. I really enjoy my life. I mean, I think more travel, you know, obviously that's been difficult over the last couple of, couple of years. I'd like to really expand the business. I love, you know, doing the media stuff and just, just continue creating something to make a contribute to something really positive in the world and I really want to start working with a charity um as well that's something that for future future plans that's yeah. something that I really like so to get really involved in it's really good to give something back well there's a really good I'm thinking of a meme I often think in memes there's a, I often get what's, what's the saying I often wake up in the morning not knowing whether to, I want to change the world or have one a hell of a good time and it's kind of like that's that's both things you know I want to make a really positive difference but I also want to have a really great time as oh, well oh yeah exactly yeah. exactly you can do both yeah that's I know thing. that's you what can. I try I try and, I try and, do, two, I try and do both sometimes not all in the same day in the yeah. same hour <laughs> but yeah I want to have a great time and make a really positive difference Definitely, That's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm um, talking about the the book. Um. It that book. Um. It's called Amanda, which is the name uh, of my sister, and oh. it's actually about a spy who is a female spy and kind of her being the heroine, and it's kind of um taking that idea of like a Bond type of idea, but kind of reframing it in a modern way because. Although I'm a massive Bonds fan, yeah, the women in that story had a certain role. Yeah, they did, and I didn't thought, they? A bit arm candy. Exactly, yeah. and I yeah. thought, let's flip this, oh, you know, great. the other way round. Oh, so it's out, is it? It's out, yeah, it's oh. available on Amazon. Okay, great. Oh, you have to send me, you send me, I'll get a copy. Because I love reading, I'm a voracious reader, so... I, I read really quickly. People are like, have you read that already? Because I'm like, I just, I devour books. That's so, good, that's yeah, good. Yeah. It's good to Terrible read. maths, but we can read really quickly. It's good, it's good. That's yeah. something people kind of forget about doing because they, mm. you know, people are so busy doing everything else. But yeah. it's it, that's a really good thing to do. The lost art of reading. Exactly. Yeah, we're all on our phones, aren't we? Exactly. Terrible. And it tells exactly. my screen time, I'm like, no. <laughs> no. A little bit of phone is good, but yeah, getting, as, exactly. you, as you said, getting the balance. Thank you for listening. Um, if you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks, and is a Pod People production. It was recorded at Spirit Land Studios, and the music is by Delhi Music. Thank you for joining me, Zoe. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's been a joy. Really amazing. You can follow her on at Zoe Clues and Associates, and links to her will be in the show notes. So if you have any, uh, resonate any of those issues with you, of course, you know, um, up Zoe and for more information about me smiles dentistry all of those things and the fiction book I'm on at Dr Richard which is at Dr underscore Richard underscore and we will see you next time Bye.